There it goes. Check one, two. Tracy Sorensen, Habitat for Humanity, Tacoma Pierce County, in three, two, one. Hello and welcome. I'm Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today, Tracy Sorensen. She's the Community Engagement Manager with Tacoma Pierce County's Habitat for Humanity. Tracy, welcome. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Gary. Happy to be here. I'm glad to have you. Um, Tacoma Pierce County Habitat for Humanity, one of many Habitat for Humanity affiliates around the country, right? And and the world, right? Is Habitat an international? It is, inter- it is international, yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys are I mean, tangibly making um, families uh, a way for families to own their own home. This is a real deal, right? That's right. Yeah, it's not theoretical. Let's help people. You guys go out and build homes. Build or rehabilitate homes, yeah. Or or rehabilitate Mm -hmm. homes, yeah. And so how long has Habitat been around and then maybe in Tacoma Pierce County affiliate too? Sure. So Habitat for Humanity uh, has been around since 1976. Um, It was started in uh, Americus, Georgia by a gentleman named Millard Fuller. A lot of people think Jimmy Carter founded Habitat for Humanity. Uh, He did not. He's been our biggest champion, um, given us the best brand recognition uh, through his involvement. But it was actually Millard Fuller um, back in the 70s. Um, and since then, it's grown to be uh, an international organization. Millard's idea was that Habitat would house over a million people worldwide, and we're currently up around 7 million people worldwide. No kidding. Yeah, That's so. awesome to see that kind of a real result of, of somebody's dream. And, and like you said, Millard Fuller, just a guy. I mean, he had his own <laughs> business, and then he had he his did. own philanthropy that he was doing. But he said, I want it to see this happen, and it really has happened sevenfold now. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. 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 So in, in, in rural Georgia, what he was seeing was a lot of people uh, living in shacks. In fact, he had a, written a book called No More Shacks. Um, and the idea was, let's get these people out of the substandard housing and in, into something decent, safe, uh, and that they can afford. So the whole model was built on the idea that these homes were built with volunteer labor, um, there was a down payment that was made that wasn't cash. The down payment was called sweat equity. And that's where the person who is going to own the home um, makes their down payment by going out there and working to actually help build their home. Um, currently, sometimes it's on their own home. Sometimes it's on neighbors' homes. Um, back in Millard's time, it was everybody there together on, on the farm, the area where they, they started this, um, out there building together, building each other's homes. Um, and then once your home was complete, you got a 0% interest mortgage, but you did make a payment um, for that home, and a payment that you could afford. Um, and then it went back into the revolving, what was called uh, the Fund for Humanity. So that's where the name Habitat for Humanity came from. Um, and then those funds that were collected from those first mortgages were used to help sustain the program and build more homes going forward. What a great model. Um, gosh, and it's sustained, I suppose it's evolved a little bit over years. And has it, it has. had to change as the economy, you know, over the 40-some years, the economy's gone up and down and Absolutely. up and down. How, how does Habitat maintain, man, we can still do this all the time, uh, just tweaking it? or I mean, that, that sort of paying it forward right. really seems to be the key, I guess. And the paying, paying it forward is the key, and it's still used. Um, it's still integrated through every aspect of every Habitat affiliate um, in the world, and uh, but it's done differently in different places. Um, some Some affiliates now, like us, we've gone to a model of modest uh, interest uh, through third-party lending. Um, and that's just because it was other that, it was either that or scale way back on our operations. So to be able to serve the numbers of family, the number of families that we serve, um, we do use 
third-party lenders, um, but we're one of only a handful of affiliates in the nation doing that. Most are still on the 0% interest and the mortgage is funded um, by the affiliate. Well, let's zero in on Tacoma Pierce County. So as the name implies, what, what kind of area do you serve? And then I guess how many people and families and homes? How do you measure it? Homes, families, people, how many uh, all projects? Of, all <laughs> of the above. Yep, all of the above. So is it in the city of Tacoma and all of Pierce County? Some of? Or I mean, Correct. Our service area is uh, Pierce County. Um, and in Washington State, it's mostly by county. So we're the Tacoma Pierce County affiliate. There's the Seattle King County affiliate, uh, Kitsap County, Thurston County, which is also, uh, I'm sorry, it's called South Sound. Um, they are all separate affiliates of Habitat for Humanity, and most serve a, a single county region. Sometimes it's multiple counties. Um, I believe right now there's 22 state organizations. Well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So people listening, we're, we're broadcasting up and down Western Washington. Um, the same idea, if people really figure this out, ah, I should get in touch with my local affiliate of Habitat for Humanity. Not only just, hey, if they want to apply or know someone that could serve this, to serve. You guys are a big volunteer, right? Let's Absolutely. talk about how it's organized and how Tacoma Pierce County, I suppose the other habitats are organized and built. I mean, I love the term sweat equity. That means people are out there sweating and, and working on homes. That's right. So uh, so in Tacoma, it's about 2,000 individuals every year that come out and volunteer with us. And yeah, Saturdays are our biggest volunteer days. So on any given Saturday, you will see 30 to 40 volunteers um, out there. And usually we have about three or four homeowners at the same time working on their sweat equity. Um, and then our skilled construction crew, which is uh, four um, skilled supervisors uh, that each lead different projects for us. Um, we're one of the largest affiliates in the state, so that's a that's a pretty big scale operation. Um, a lot of affiliates build only a single home per year, so it's going to be much smaller numbers. Um, but but we're fortunate that we have that kind of capacity. But yep, it's it's a wonderful experience for volunteers. Uh, they get to go out there. Most of them are kind of scared. They're like, I've never done anything like this before yeah. in my life. Uh -huh. I, I, you don't want me building a home. I have no idea how to swing a hammer. And we tell them, you know, relax. Fewer than five percent of the volunteers that come out uh, with us have ever done any type of construction work. Wow, that's um, that's yeah. kind of reassuring, I guess. Yeah, and that's where it's really great that we have those skilled construction site supervisors that we have. We have also have a lot of long-term volunteers who are very skilled in construction, um, and all of those people just guide the volunteers through the tasks that need to happen. Um, everybody has an amazing experience. They tell us how great it was, and they can't wait to come back. And people come back and do over it again and, and again. Over and so over and over again. So the experience must rise a little then after they've, after that's they've right. driven well, a few nails and sawed a few boards. I say, oh, you know what? I guess I can do that. That's how we get those crew chiefs, is those, those people that come back um, time after time again. And we have a, a pretty skilled um, and pretty sizable uh, force of what we call our weekday regulars right now, which is, um, for the most part, they're retired. Uh, a lot of them are, you know, skilled carpenters or, or whatnot, um, you know, that have entered retirement. But a lot of them had a career in something completely different and just decided that in retirement they would pick up some sort of construction trade. They came out and volunteered with us a handful of times, and now they come back and they're pretty much there every so they Wednesday, can be Thursday, a, Friday. They can be a lead at a construction site and, say, and be an expert in plumbing or electricity. Yep. Or, in fact, or, our plumber, we consider him our plumber, is an 83-year-old uh, volunteer. Who's our been, plumber. I like Our that. plumber. Yeah, he's been coming out with us for uh, well over 20 years now. So. And so... 
Tacoma Pierce County's habitat, you guys didn't start right away in the 70s. Probably, I mean, this this grew and grew around the country and around the world. Right. You pro- was it in the 80s that you 1985 guys uh-huh. uh, yeah. was when the Tacoma Pierce County affiliate started. And how many homes, how many projects do you build each year now? And- yeah, so back in that day, well, we didn't actually build a home until 1988. So it took three years to, to get going. Um, and in the early years, it was just one home a year, and then it became two, and then it became four. And um, so now we are up and, and building between 10 and 12 per year. There's been years when the, we've done more, but um, our average is about 10 to 12 per year right now. Well, let's talk about those homes and who who gets to live in them and how people find you and say, okay, I am in need of a home, and I think I can pay off a home through Habitat's work, and I want to pitch in and, and build my own home. How, how, what's the whole process, I guess? Is there a start? Is there a zero? Someone just walks up? Or, you know, I was going to say knocks on the door, but nowadays I suppose it's clicks on the website. <laughs> clicks on the website. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the best place to start, really. Um, that will give you some guide to whether or not you might qualify. Um, there's three basic criteria to whether or not a person or a family would qualify for Habitat home ownership. Um, the first being their income. So we serve 30 to 80% of the area median income. Um, area median income in Pierce County is $64,000 a year, which means that on the 30% end, they're down around nineteen twenty thousand dollars wow. on up to um, about, I think it's 59600 is what the 80% is right now. Um, so actually, people are surprised that, you know, that's actually, it's not like they're, uh, they have nothing. These people so have some. So somebody's at that 30% of the median income, they can actually afford a house through Habitat. That sounds like. Wow, that's a miracle, actually, for somebody who only makes $20,000 a year. It is, and, and it's harder. I mean, it is admittedly harder to get somebody at the 30% um, benchmark in than somebody at the 80%. Um, it, it has to do with down payment assistance, um, and a lot of that is available through different funding sources. Um, but we encourage, that's the range that you're looking at. If, you're, if you fall between that 30 and 80%, then uh, check out our website, um, see, see whether or not you think you qualify, begin the application process. Um, and then the other thing we look at is we really want you to understand the sweat equity requirement and be able to commit to that. So that's um, at minimum 200 hours of sweat equity that any family needs to put in. Um, and that's a significant amount of time. Measured in hours. That's it's measured in hours, okay. yeah. Uh, and the number three? Uh, number three is need. So um, that's, you know, it's a bit subjective, but things we look at are, are overcrowding, uh, paying too much in rent. Um, we had one family that had 10 children and uh, they couldn't find a rental that would allow 12 people under the same roof. So some of the older children were living with friends or family members. Um, that, that was definitely a family that w- their need was elevated, um, and that was taken into consideration as these, these, pe- these people need to be together. If we need to get them under one roof, how can we make a, a home happen for them? So, uh, Who reviews these applications then and says, okay, because I'm guessing – the need outweighs the it, how many it does, homes you yeah. can build. So it, it's our, we have a home ownership department. Um, the, that's the first pass through is with them. And there's there's a session where they come in and talk with um, our homeowner de- um, department to make sure, you know, that the, the match is correct and that they know what they're agreeing to and that they can carry out the commitment. And then all of the families are approved by our, our board of directors. Uh, we are talking this morning with Tacoma Pierce County Habitat for Humanity uh, the community engagement manager, her name is Tracy Sorensen, and we've been talking about going online to, to learn all these things. The website, Tracy, go ahead. People, get your pencil and write this down. It's TPC, so Tacoma Pierce County, tpc-habitat.org. tpc-habitat.org. That's correct. Okay, great. And um, 
I guess I want to go to the affordability. I mean, this is kind of a bigger picture, but it's the reason why, right? right. It's the reason why we need Habitat or Habitat has to fill. Um, <laughs> the trend has not been good here in the Northwest for not. the price of housing. No. And I'm guessing wages <laughs> have not kept have up. Have not, no. Nope. Uh, nor have the other cost of living things have gone up, uh, whereas wages haven't quite caught up. Uh, can you give us some insight on, on how desperate people. Sure. Well, that is, um, so part of what I do is I go out and I talk to our homeowners who who have just been accepted into the program. I usually um, connect with them one of their first few times out doing their sweat equity. So I meet with them on the volunteer site um, when they're out there volunteering. Um, And I just know anecdotally from the last few that I've talked with that um, being priced out of their rental situation is what drove them to to look at Habitat as an option. Um, their, Their rents were increasing um, significantly every time their lease was up, and it would get to the point where they just simply couldn't afford it anymore. Um, and so they would look at what what their other options might be. Um, and most people don't. It's not intuitive to think that owning a home is a uh, an option for you when you can't afford to yeah, rent. A, a cost-effective one, like <laughs> right? a return on investment. That's way too, that's way out of my range. That's of, the first thought. Yeah, everybody, that, and that's, you know, that's the sad part is that most people think that. They think that I can't afford a home. I, I can't do this. And then they come in and they, they talk um, with the home ownership specialists and they realize that actually they can. Uh, sometimes it can take a, a bit of work. Most have some credit issues um, or they have outstanding debt that they need to resolve. So it does take a little bit of work on their end to get that um, stable and on the right track. And does Habitat sort of guide them through how to clear those we parts try, of their life up? We try. We, we give them some advice and, and some resources to turn to. Um, unfortunately, at this point in time, we don't have someone on staff that can and can um, credit them like a, a financial counselor. Um, that's something that we hope to be able to add in the future. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. Um, because that's definitely where the need is. Uh, there's a you know there's a little bit of need to 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 clean up your finances, clean up your your financial situation. Um, but then you know if you are up the upper end of what you can afford in rent, um, you're probably going to be able to get a Habitat house that where the mortgage is at that or less. And so now let's go to we we've talked about the application process and the people. Where, so where are we building? Do you guys um, buy land and say okay we're like a developer does and say, okay, we're going to build a, you know, down a, a cul-de-sac or a half a block right. here. Or do you look around and pick and you have, I don't know, a real estate specialist on staff that says, here's good place to buy, here's good place to build? Yeah, no, not so much the latter. Um, it's more it's more land either it that is. we're able to, yeah, so it's land that we're able to able to um, purchase affordably or it's land that's been donated to us. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yep, and oh. the, the the biggest chunk of our costs is in the pre-development. It's in developing the land to get ready to build mm. um, on. So that can be a multi-year process. Um, and it, it takes some planning. So, you know, we, yeah. we always hope that we're not going to fall off that cliff of when we run out of land to build on. Um, well, where are we building now? Currently, we're, well, we've been for the last uh, six years building in Tillicum, which is, uh, Tillicum is a neighborhood of the city of Lakewood. It's down near Joint Base Lewis-McChord. Um, it's interesting in that it's landlocked. Um, it's, it's on all four sides it's surrounded. So it's a one square mile neighborhood it's got a golf course on one side, a uh, lake on another, military base on, on the third, and then I-5, the freeway, on the fourth. So um, it's kind of an isolated little little island down there. And uh, historically, it was known as a very nice area. It's on, it's on American Lake, and there were homes, that lakefront homes, that people used as summer cabins um, that they would go to. 
Um, and then it kind of took a turn in the 70s. And um, there was a lot of crime in the neighborhood. A lot of the homes that had been built in the 30s and 40s were now no longer owner occupied. Um, they, they were rentals. Um, so there was, you know, the crime, the drugs, all of that came in. Um, Lakewood received some neighborhood stabilization funds back in 2009 and uh, made a commitment to partner with Habitat at that point in time to use those funds to um, help bring more housing, um, owner-occupied housing, to the area. So our first home in Tillicum was completed in 2012. Uh, and since then, um, there's been over 30 homes that have been either rehabbed or built in Tillicum. And it's really kind of turned the area around. Um, We've heard uh, Starbucks opened a store um, in Telecom about two years ago, and we heard that part of their decision in, in opening that location was the change they'd seen in the Telecom neighborhood since since Habitat's presence there. So that's that's primarily where we are right now, where we'll be through the end of 2018, um, is down in, Hel- in Telecom finishing up the last few homes down there. That's really neat. Um, how now? Got to ask about money too, because. You do have to lay out a big chunk right. once in a while at a time to purchase. A, so beyond the uh, the loans that the homeowners themselves will be paying into this, there's got to be an outlay of cash once in a while. You guys need funds once in a while, right? We always need okay. funds, yeah. <laughs> Is a, a, you're not part of any city's budget ever. You, no, you, no. It's all private donations? It's private donations. It's grants. Um, it's partly f- funded through the mortgages, although that's a smaller piece all the time. Um, So yeah, donations are a big part of it. Um, Like I said, sometimes we get land donated, and then that takes a big chunk of of it off of there. Um, We used to receive a lot of government grants that we no longer receive. Um, Nobody does Nobody does, right? (laughs) So more private foundation grants, but it's never enough. Um, the Habitat stores, most people are familiar with. That's right. Well, Talk about that. Yeah. yeah sure. not, not enough people not know Not enough about people them. are familiar with the stores. It's funny. Some people know that the stores exist and they don't know about the building program. But more people know that Habitat for Humanity builds homes and they don't know about the stores. So the stores are, um, we, somebody once described it as if Goodwill and Home Depot had a love child, it would be the Habitat <laughs> store. So it's a great mix of donated um, furniture, appliances. Um, that we receive from the public and also from some of those big box stores that we sell in our retail locations. Um, Usually about 40% the price of retail is what you'll find those items for, some new, some used. Um, And then all of that goes back into funding our construction programs. So about a house per year is what's funded for us through the Habitat stores. Yeah, Pierce County, there's three um, Habitat store locations, Tacoma, Puyallup, and Lakewood. Um, and I, I believe King County just opened their fourth store, so they, there's, uh, there's quite a few in King County. Yeah, okay, and uh, again, I'll drive people to your website for you to look those up. Hey, there might be one in my neighborhood. It's tpc-habitat.org, right? Tacoma, Pierce County, the TPC. you got to throw that dash in there when you're typing. That's right. Habitat.org. Um, another thing I think is really kind of fun and cool, coming up Saturday, uh, the 8th, Yes. You got uh, some brave souls going to yes. do a fundraiser for that. Ought to be pretty exciting to just watch, let alone participate in. Tell me about the, uh, what, what do you call it, the the big, the, the over ha- the edge, stepping over right. the edge of a... Ha- habitat challenge habitat is, is challenge, what we call it. it. Yep. It's, and yeah, that's literally what you're doing is you're going over the edge um, of the roof of Hotel Murano in downtown Tacoma. So it's 245 feet, 24 <laughs> stories. Okay, now back up. Wait a minute. <laughs> 
you're getting volunteers to raise money by rappelling off the top of this hotel. Yeah. 200 you, some feet. Yep. Yeah, you, you don't have to be a volunteer. You know, anybody can come and do this. Um, do you have? Do I have to sign something if I do. decide? Okay, that sounds logical. <laughs> now, rappel, right? This is like what rock climbers, mountain climbers Correct. do. Correct. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you are. You have a um, controlled descending device that you use. I did it last year, so I'm a little bit familiar with how it works now. But your, yeah, your right hand is is letting yourself down the rope, and your left hand is controlling the device that goes how, how fast you can go, um, and you're being belayed down but yep it's a great way to see the city for sure going down the face of of the hotel so um and we do still have spots available it's a 50 dollars registration fee and a commitment to raise a thousand dollars it doesn't all have to be raised by next week Um, we actually allow fundraising after the fact for um, i believe till the end of october so there's a good amount of time to get your your full amount in so adrenaline junkies and that like to give back to the community here's a perfect opportunity right. Saturday to, to do this, right? So yes. uh, online, can people register yep, for this Yep, same website that, that you've been mentioning, tpc-habitat.org, and you should see the Habitat Challenge front and center. Click on that, and it gives you all the details. Yeah, that's cool. How you uh, involved, yeah. Okay, and now I want to go back to uh, volunteering because um, you sort of said people come back and do this again. How, you'd like to grow. I mean, what did you say, 12 or so built Per year, the last couple of years, I, the goal's got to be bigger than that. I mean, we sure. talk about Millard Fuller's uh, goal and just getting past that goal. How do you? Do you guys got a five-year plan, ten-year plan? I, I know businesses do that. Uh, we yeah, we do. Profits must right. We do. You guys want to uh, grow? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's not so much. I I don't think that we have metrics in there about the number of homes we intend to build, so much as the families uh, number of families we hope to serve, mm-hmm. um, in whatever way that may be. So another option besides just building homes is rehabilitating homes. Um, so we have in the past received um, donations of homes um, straight out homes that need a lot of work, and our same construction crew will go in there and instead of um, you know, building from the ground up, they're remodeling a home that's already in existence. And then the sales model is the same. So it's it's sold to a Habitat partner family um, with the same type of a mortgage. So um, in a lot of areas that, and we're quickly approaching that here, where there's not a lot of land available, but there is a lot of housing stock, that's how Habitat works. Um, Greater LA is an example. They do uh, pretty much no new construction at all down there. It's all all home rehab. So I think as time goes on, um, that's how things are going to go in the Northwest as well. We're going to be doing a lot more rehab rather than new construction, but with the same idea. So. And is it the number of volunteers, or is it the money it's that the holds money. you back? The, oh. Yeah, it's the money. Um, you know, we have uh, we we always like more volunteers, especially in the winter, because you know all those people that want to come out in the summer and <laughs> and come out in droves oh, in the yeah, summer are not so keen to come out in the winter when it's cold and wet and miserable. Um, so yeah, but for the most part, it's not a lack of volunteers. It's a it's a lack of funding. It's a lack of available land or available houses. Um, so, yeah. So, again, I'll tell people to step off that roof of that hotel and uh, raise some money. Raise some money, <laughs> yeah. Or if you have land or if you have a home um, that you're not. Well, that's a perfect thing, too, because yeah. some people may be approaching the age of retirement and say, you know what, I'm ready to sell and move or get out of this size of house. And right. Habitat, donating it. Donating your house to Habitat is, is excellent. Excellent idea. Okay, so um, now we're talking about waiting. And and so the next time people can really, uh, I guess I can apply for this, 
uh, probably not until next year, right? Right. So um, we have we're holding applications right now um, and opening that that application period back up in January. Uh, we have enough families in the pipeline to fill um, next year's batch of homes. Um, so to not keep people waiting in the pipeline too long, we are we're just it, it's because it's an interesting dance between their finances and the building process that has to take place. Um, right now, we're asking you to to check back in January, apply at that point in time, um, and in the meantime, you know it doesn't hurt, especially if you're in that income range, to take a look at your credit scores, um, see what you might need to do in order to 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 clean up anything that's amiss there, so that when you do apply, um, you're all ready to go. And, and Tracy, before we run out of time, I, I got time for one more question. Then I'll ask you, you know, to sort of tidy us up. Um, I don't know. I guess I want to hear the response. I mean, you get to go back and talk to some of these homeowners now after they've been here. What, what do they say? What uh, I don't know. Maybe they've raised a family. Or maybe they've only been in a house for one year or something. What are some of the reactions and the responses that homeowners at, that have been in a Habitat house tell us? Yes. So, so many of them, especially the children um, that grow up there, you know, they're, they're amazed about, um, you know, how they've been helped by it. Um, they're aware of it and grateful for it. Um, one family that I talked with last year, um, they had... They bought a habitat house in t- 2000, I believe. Um, so they've been there. They'd been there 17 years at that point, um, and uh, all of their children had the opportunity to go to college. And this is not something that that family would have been able to afford um, had they not had the stability of of a home. Um, and the, the parents were just ex- extremely grateful, you know, for that hand up that they had received in the beginning that allowed them to give uh, their children a better life. And that's the thing that we hear over and over again. Um, most families are first time home buyers. Um, they're the first, yeah. first people in their, in their family to have owned a home. Um, so they realize that by having that asset, uh, that allows them to provide so much more, uh, for their children than, their parents were able to provide for them. And then for society and the community. Right. I right. mean, I'm thinking, you mentioned a, a family of 10. Okay, there's a, a potential future of 10 families that are stable and giving back to society. And that's, and, yeah, that's a great thing about that particular family. All of And in 2000, when they bought their home, they, they were all children. Well, they're all adults now, and seven of the 10 are homeowners themselves. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Okay, so now anything we left out, Tracy, a major point that you wanted to say, or maybe something you always say twice or want to, you know, get people to remember and drive them to the website one more time. I don't know. What, what do you think you like to leave people with when you're done talking about Tacoma Pierce County's Habitat for Humanity? Well, my favorite thing about Habitat is that there's something in it for everybody. So what, whatever your angle of interest is, there's something that there's something in this mission in this organization that's going to fit well for you. It may be as a volunteer, it may be as a donor, um, it may be helping out in some other way that you, you know, would never have even thought of. So if you, you know, have an interest in affordable housing, if you have an interest in helping people, um, contact us, contact your local Habitat affiliate and, and have a conversation with somebody about how you can get involved because kind of the, the sky's the limit in terms of how people can actually help. Boy, that that's great. Uh, you're right. I mean, the, the people can volunteer and donate, and you're right. It, it's such a great organization, and there's a lot of facets to it that anybody can fit in. And in and way. in any kind way, a lot of things. A lot of times, people don't think about things like snacks. We feed a lot of volunteers on Saturdays. How about you that? Know? Yeah, snacks. So scout troops that want to make cookies or brownies for forty or fifty volunteers. You know, um, anything. Uh, 
Anything helps. Yeah, anything helps. Thank you so much. We have been talking this morning with Tracy Sorensen. She is the Community Engagement Manager at Tacoma Pierce County Affiliate for Habitat for Humanity. Again, online, tpc-habitat.org. Tracy, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing. Gosh, thanks also for everything that Tacoma Pierce County Habitat for Humanity does for families in our community. Oh, thank you, Gary. It's been a pleasure. I am Gary Scheib. Thanks for listening today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.